It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Okay, uh, welcome in everybody. Patrick Johnson here. It's nice to have you along. We're uh, up and running on the uh, Patrick Johnson show. There we go. A little adjustment to the uh, to the cam there. Hey, it's great to have you along. Uh, it is uh, AAC Media Days taking place today, and uh, the uh, ESPN Plus had a pair of feeds. Uh, they had the podium where you could hear from every coach in the league and the commissioner, and they uh, also had uh, just the uh, players uh, on today. And the uh, players were part of the actual telecast uh, from there where they showed for a few minutes uh, some of what was going on at the podium. Some uh, were uh, speaking longer than others. Uh, Biff Pogge uh, wanted more questions. Uh, didn't get him. We'll hear from uh, him. We'll hear that in a little bit. And uh, you could be like the Temple coach, who the last thing it seemed like he wanted were any were any questions. He wanted to get uh, get away from the podium and the hot mic as uh, soon as possible. I don't think anything that he said. I just think he didn't seem like he wanted to to be around uh, there. <laughs> he was a little like that. Uh, Clark Will is producing today. Uh, we're going to have it. We're going to have an update coming up later on from Dom uh, Kasalki. So uh, that will be uh, uh, part of the lineup today. We're going to hear from Coach Houston. We're going to hear from uh, we're going to hear from uh, Jeremy Lewis, Shane Calhoun, and uh, we'll have some cuts from the commissioner as well. Always anonymous text line. Trent Dilfer for NCAA football commissioner. He's got his he's got this NIL debacle figured out. We'll hear from Trent Dilfer if time allows today uh, as well. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have, uh, Steven Igo with us, hoist the colors of the Steven Igo show. Woo! Uh, Steven with uh, two, four, seven sports. He'll be back in, uh, mid August for, uh, his, uh, spot on radio. And, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, that being, uh, the case. So, uh, Steven will be on tomorrow. We'll probably have him on a couple of times before he gets back uh, and running on the 14th, but we'll talk about uh, his reaction to AAC media day. And we'll also talk with him about uh, some of the other things, uh, going on around, uh, pirate nation, the American, and, uh, maybe beyond, uh, tomorrow, Steven Igo will be, uh, on the, uh, on the program. Uh, and then we've got some great guests planned for later in the week. So that's kind of what's uh, going on uh, in the uh, the table being set for you as far as uh, our show goes as well. We're back following uh, a lengthy period of time off uh, from the Patrick Johnson show. All right. Um, big news today before we get to football and we run through some of the news headlines. There's a couple of uh, interesting items out there. Uh, East Carolina women's basketball announcing today that they're going to host the South Carolina Gamecocks in a non-conference game on December 30th at Minji's Coliseum. Uh, the uh, game time will be announced at a later date. Uh, the television designation, I'm sure, will be announced around that same time. Uh, the uh, Pirates, of course, are coming off uh, the championship of the American. They have all five of last year's starters back. And uh, they have brought in uh, top 100-level uh, talent in their recruiting class. South Carolina, of course, uh, got bounced in the Elite Eight. 
uh, and they are looking to restore some of the glory of recent times, most specifically the 2022 NCAA championship. They have a top five recruiting class. Uh, of course, uh, Don Staley's bunch uh, has uh, a lot of expectations. They're a top 10 team in uh, most of the way too early uh, top 25 uh, rankings. It'll be the 17th meeting between uh, the two. Uh, and uh, Pirates have a couple of wins all time against the uh, Gamecocks. So this was put out today. Uh, this follows the news, I think, last week of the uh, opponents for the conference. Pirates in both men's and women's basketball will have uh, schools designated that they will play twice some that they will only play at home in the upcoming uh, new schedule for the American, and uh, some they will only play on the road. Uh, so the complete 2023-24 schedule will be announced sometime in the coming weeks. A good host would have had Kim McNeil on today, but uh, we have so much other uh, football stuff to get to. It would have been nice to have gotten her on and get a comment. We might try to get her on here. Uh, of course, we did talk to her just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, this is exciting news for uh, women's basketball today, and I think it's a big deal that they have South Carolina uh, coming here. I really do. I think it's uh, it's really uh, a very uh, – it's a big boon, and that's going to be a hot game, and it'll be a hot ticket. Uh, I've actually had some people ask me today, is there any way I can get them uh, tickets to that one? So that was an interesting piece of information that came out today. Uh, the American, as part of their media weekend, released the season uh, – Preseason poll, preseason poll, and the uh, Pirates were picked right smack dab in the middle, upper half, but smack dab in the middle. East Carolina was uh, picked sixth in the preseason poll by the uh, media. Tulane was picked number one, and they received uh, 20 first place votes. Behind them with nine first place votes uh, in second, Texas San Antonio was uh, picked. SMU third, and they received three first-place votes. Memphis, and I'm not really sold. I know they got Hennigan back. I am i don't feel as good about this Memphis team as a lot of other people do. But Memphis got a first-place vote. They were picked fourth. And then you got Florida Atlantic and Tom Herman in that uh, spot there, uh, picked ahead of the Pirates at fifth, East Carolina sixth, ahead of North Texas, who was picked seventh. UAB was picked eighth, speaking of Trent Dilfer. And they actually got a first-place vote. Uh, Navy was picked ninth. Tulsa, 11th. Rice, 12th. South Florida and their new head coach, 13th. And then Charlotte, who brought in 52 new players to their roster, 14th. We'll hear, uh, hopefully, uh, we, we're going to get to some of the Biff Bogey later on in the show uh, today because it's just too good uh, not to. Uh, anyway, we're... Uh, Got that. And then there was one other note I wanted to get to, and, and we'll get to a break here because I do want to get to as much of this audio today as possible. Uh, there was some news out of Michigan uh, today. Well, I could just get it here off my uh, phone. I've had about uh, 10 people send it to me uh, here today. But uh, apparently, as uh, Harbaugh was, you might remember, uh the NCAA and Harbaugh kind of reached an agreement uh, between the NCAA enforcement arm and the school. And it had been submitted to the Committee on Infractions for approval or rejection. The general timeline for this is to sign off on a negotiated resolution about 
in about 30 days. The committee could adjust the penalty or call for a full hearing, which would extend the process. Uh, Harbaugh's status should be clarified before the opener against East Carolina. What they're looking at is uh, Harbaugh could be headed towards a four-game suspension uh, to start the season. That has been uh, reported and confirmed now by several national uh, outlets. That would mean the ECU game uh, opening weekend, week one, uh, the Wolverines game against UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Of course, uh, we know Michigan comes in ranked top five nationally. Um, Harbaugh and other Michigan staffers could receive sanctions for their part in an infractions case that stems from impermissible recruiting contacts and benefits during the COVID-19 dead period in 2020. Harbaugh has been accused of lying to NCAA investigators in initial interviews about impermissible contacts he and his staff had with prospects. That's the deal he lied. If he had come clean, you're probably not looking at a four-game suspension, I would guess. Uh, Penalties like this would have been considerably smaller if Harbaugh had not allegedly misled investigators. Well, there you go. I just said that, and I said that in the article. So I didn't need to read you the article to say just come clean, and there may be a little more uh, leniency uh, on that. All right, uh, so that's interesting. We'll see if that happens. I'm sure we would know uh, probably a week or two before the opener. If it does indeed go 30 days, uh, that's sort of the timeline there. Uh, Great job today by the folks on ESPN Plus with the AAC Media Day. Uh, Our pal Rini Angoli was on there. We're going to talk to Rini next week and kind of get his impression of everything with Media Day and uh, looking forward to catching up with him. But they did a fantastic uh, job today we're going to grab a break before we go though uh the motown legacy review concert on the common it's a rescheduled date it is thursday showtime at six the town common in uptown greenville and uh beer and food trucks get going at 5 30. that's coming up thursday in greenville hydrate so you can go out and enjoy some uh suds and uh, listen to the smooth sounds of motown We're breaking, and we'll come back uh, right after this uh, timeout. We'll have our pirate report here from Coach Houston, here from Jeremy Lewis and Shane Calhoun. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. American Athletic Conference uh, Media Day for football. Big event in uh, Texas. They'll have some other things going on uh, tonight. Uh, it all started with Mike Oresco uh, beginning the day speaking. We might uh, hear from the commissioner in a little bit. But uh, right now we uh, have our uh, pirate report for you today, and this will include uh, some comments from Coach Houston. Pretty lengthy opening statement here. But this is uh, Mike Houston when he took the podium today in Texas. Great to be back at uh, Media Days in person uh, again. So, uh, you know, this time of the year, everybody's, uh, you know, ramping up and getting excited. Uh, preseason or summer, summer workouts are done and everybody's ready for preseason camp. And, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, writing their stories and making their projections and uh, predictions and uh, talking about the opener. And that's just an exciting time of the year. So uh, it's great to be back uh, together and uh, representing East Carolina University. And, uh, it's an exciting time for the American Conference uh, with our six new members coming in. Uh, it's going to create some, uh, some new matchups, some new rivalries, uh, and I know all the, all the coaches in the league are excited about that. But, 
you know, here's we start, uh, you know, for me and uh, our staff, year five at uh, East Carolina, uh, just really pleased with where the program is right now, uh, excited about this group uh, this fall, uh, excited about the, the dedication and commitment that they've shown during the off season. Um, I know there's a lot of documentation about who is, uh, you know, in the NFL and uh, who we lost last year, and that, I've heard a lot of that this summer. But uh, I'm really excited about who we have returning. Uh, a lot of players have been waiting their time. Uh, a lot of players have been uh, doing it out there, uh, and now they've they're they're thrust into a bigger role. So, but uh, you know, as we stand here today, uh, I'm, I'm excited, as excited about uh, the program and this season as I ever have been any. And so, uh, be ready to get started. Uh, we open up uh, with uh, report date next Tuesday. Uh, first practice will be next Wednesday. And then obviously, uh, you know, have a pretty challenging opener September 2nd up in Ann Arbor against uh, what is going to be one of the top, uh, you know, one or two teams in the country this year preseason-wise. So uh, big matchup to uh, start us off with, uh, come back home uh, with a challenging home opener against a very good Marshall Thundering Herd team coming off a nine-win season. Uh, and then a, a trip up to Boone to play uh, in-state rival Appalachian State. So, you know, pretty pretty challenging start to the season, but uh, also very excited about that because, you know, we're going to find out a lot about ourselves. That's what I've been, you know, talking to the players about, you know, just find out really who we are uh, early in the season. So uh, just can't wait to get started. All right, uh, more from Coach Houston as he talks about the two players that were with him today, uh, and that is uh, Shane Calhoun and... Greenville zone, Jeremy Lewis. Still the thing that's going right is, you know, those two young men that uh, you guys are going to have a chance to talk to uh, in the other room, Shane Calhoun and Jeremy Lewis, you know, they've been in our program for uh, three and four years respectively. And uh, they've, they've grown tremendously. I'm just proud of the young men that they are. And so uh, still to this day, you know, the greatest thing about uh, college football to me is just the development of the young men uh, in our program. And uh, just really pleased with uh, not only those two, but uh, all the guys back in Greenville also. And it's, it's the reason I love my job, and it's, uh, it's why I don't consider it a job, is I get a chance every day to go spend, uh, spend my day with them. And uh, I'm better for it, and, and hopefully we're making their lives better for it. So uh, that's, that's probably, to me, still the biggest positive of, uh, of, of college football. Coach Houston at the podium today during uh, the AAC Media Days in Texas, and he talked about uh, the offensive and defensive weapons that this Pirate team possesses. you got to start with our running back room. Uh, you know, Rajay Harris was first-team all-conference in 2020. Uh, he did have a, a pretty tough injury last year, but he's fully recovered, uh, had, a, had a great offseason. Uh, he and Marlon Gunn are two very experienced backs returning uh, that have, you know, Marlon played a lot for us last year after Rajay went down. So, you know, those two guys are pretty proven commodities in this league. And so I expect those two to have, you know, very solid years for us. Jalen Johnson had a solid year for us last year in spite of missing some time. Uh, he did battle some injuries around midseason and still put up really solid numbers. Uh, he's healthy uh, and, you know, has worked very hard this offseason. So expect him, you know, to have a very productive year this year. Same thing for Josiah Hatfield who has had some of the biggest moments uh, in Pirate history. I mean, he's had, some, he's had the, the touchdown against South Carolina in 21 to start the game. Uh, you know, he's, he's had so many plays like that. Had a huge game down at SMU in 19. So a very experienced, explosive guy right there. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, 
Julius Wood, uh, I don't know how he didn't make all conference last year. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, he's had a great offseason. Uh, just really excited about uh, he and Tegan returning there at the safety position. Um, and in our, our defensive front, you know, we return you know, virtually everybody up front. And uh, it's a solid bunch. They've all been playing for three years. Uh, I talk about them as a group because you know, that's kind of how we view them. And, uh, and they're, they're all just solid core players. But uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about uh, a lot more than just those guys, but those are a few that have already you know, proven themselves in this league. You know, and defensively up front, that is going to be where the Pirates are going to have uh, a real advantage coming into this uh, season. And uh, to hear Mike Houston talk about that, really interesting stuff from Coach. Uh, he talks about uh, the new quarterback room, and of course, uh, Mason Garcia factoring prominently in that. Here is uh, Coach Houston at the podium earlier today. Positive thing is Mason and Alex have both been there in the same room with Holton his entire time. Uh, Mason did start a game in 2020 uh, when uh, Holton was out with COVID. Uh, so those guys have been there, been at practice, been getting the reps, been getting the same you know looks and things like that. You know the thing you can't replace is the game experience, uh, and obviously you know both those guys are inexperienced when it comes to college uh, snaps. Uh, but you know. They have worked very hard this off season to prepare. They're both playing as, as well as they ever have. Uh, and, you know, I've talked a lot about Mason. I mean, Mason's, Mason's ability and the ceiling for him is pretty high. And uh, we're all excited to see him this year and see what he does with that. Uh, we're excited about the pieces around him. I think that's a big factor for him is just the comfort with the players around him. Uh, but it's going to take, you know, those those same things that Holton went through my first couple of years, you know, Mason's got to go through those things from a decision-making process. Now, he's probably more prepared for the beginning than Holton was in that, you know, he has been there with Holton through his last three years. Uh, but still, there's no, no replacing experience. All right, that is uh, Mike Houston today. We have a couple of the Pirate players who were there. Uh, that includes uh, Shane Calhoun and Jeremy Lewis. Let's start with Shane Calhoun, uh, Clark, here about uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and Pirate Nation and the fans. Cut 16. Dowdy Ficklin is just a crazy place in general. You know, you know the fans in Greenville are so supportive of you know us as players and ECU athletics in general. So I mean, it's a great atmosphere and you know it really gives you motivation as a player. Yeah, I've been. I'm from Greenville, so I've been there for 20 years, and it's always been like that. The ups and downs, the roller coaster of a football team that we have. So it's always going to be a tremendous attendance at those games. You know, you can't get that better environment. It's one of the best environments in the conference. It's so. all sports because yeah. when you guys host baseball, that oh, place yeah. is packed as well. Uh, Pirates fans certainly showing it, out for. All and of I've it. talked to some ECU fans, and they're not happy that Charlotte's in the conference. So <laughs> maybe we can get a little get a little rivalry going. You never know. Yeah, it's definitely a rivalry brewing there. <laughs> All right, Jeremy Lewis there. More from Shane Calhoun. Uh, he talks specifically about uh, replacing Holton Ehlers. Two of the guys that we have, Alex Flynn and Mason Garcia, they're both great quarterbacks, and it's going to be a, you know, a challenge going to camp to see who's going to be the guy. But, you know, we're excited about both of them, and, you know, whoever it is, you know, start preseason camp to start, you know, September 2nd, we're ready for them. Shane, other than you, who are some guys that can get the ball uh, from those QBs that we can expect to see this year? Um, Jalen Johnson, you know, Coach, you just mentioned him. He's a guy that, you know, is very dynamic in the past game. You know, I think um, Rock Spalding, Jari Patterson, two other guys that are going to be very crucial to our season this year. All right. Um, that is uh, Shane Calhoun, Pirate tight end. Let's hear from converted tight end 
Jeremy Lewis now, uh, cut 18. He talked about Coach Houston. Yeah, with Coach, he's all about consist consistency and discipline. You know, he, he practiced what he preaches, and he brought in. He changed the culture, like y'all said, and that's that's true. He really did that, and he changed his program around for the better, and we've just been grinding, following his lead ever since. And you can't do that without a coach like Coach Houston. So we, we're very grateful for him. All right, uh, and now let's uh, hear from Jeremy Lewis. He talked about the uh, new quarterbacks uh, in the uh, Pirate quarterback room, talking about uh, – Replacing Holt Naylor's, specifically Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn. Oh, yeah, we got a lot of good teams. The six teams coming in, it's a lot of good good, good teams, good quarterbacks. You know, we played a lot of good quarterbacks, but there are also a lot of guys coming in, like UTSA, Frank Harris, he's coming in. He's real dynamic. He was like Conference USA Player of the Year, so, you know, that's going to be a good game to look forward to, you know, to get at him. And Michael Pratt, he's returning, great quarterback. And, uh, uh, Hennigan from Memphis, so it's, it's a lot of good guys we playing this year. You know, a lot of new faces, but we still trying to go out there and grind and get the same results. We're going to see some tweaks on defense. I know on the back end last year gave up so, some big plays, so something that obviously you have to shore up defensively. Oh, yes, sir. You know, we got a lot of uh, new key players in our secondary, and they're looking to come in and dominate early. So, you know, I can't wait to see those guys ball out. You know, Coach Harrell's still coming back. He's going to do yep. his thing. I think that was cut 20 where he talked about the new quarterbacks uh, that they'll be facing in the league, and Rini and Goalie ask about some defensive wrinkles. Uh, Clark, can we go to cut 19 and, and hit that as he talks about uh, the ECU quarterbacks specifically? Well, you got to look at them early, but you still got to take it game by game. Like Coach said, we're playing one of the top two teams in the nation first game of the season. You know, they got a good quarterback at J.J. McCarthy. So, you know, yeah. you just got to be prepared for those guys. You got to study that film, get in that film room, because that's really what's important. Okay, I think that was uh, maybe talking about new quarterbacks in the league. Nonetheless, Jeremy Lewis, and uh, he talks about underdogs and being an underdog, and that's kind of the, uh, the pirate brand with a, a chip on their shoulder. That's normal for us. Yeah. You know, ever since I've been here, we've always been the underdog. So, I mean, it gives us a little bit of extra motivation to go out there and compete and show up. So, I love it. Uh, Clark, I'm going to have you go back uh, visually to the uh, to the thing with Calhoun. I had a couple of Calhoun cuts that I guess Dom hadn't uh, loaded for us. So, let me, uh, let me do that because there was a couple things that uh, Shane Calhoun said that I thought were uh, pretty interesting uh, today. Uh, one of them is starting with, uh, and I'll get to it here. So uh, just a second as we uh, adjust on the fly here. And uh, Shane Calhoun talking about uh, replacing Holton Ehlers. Two of the guys that we have, Alex, they're both great quarterbacks, and it's going to be a, you know, a challenge going to camp to see who's going to be the guy. But, you know, we're excited about both of them, and, you know, whoever it is, you know, start chasing the camp to start, you know, September 2nd, we're ready for him. Shane, other than you, who are some guys that can get the ball uh, from those QBs that we can expect to see this year? Um, Jalen Johnson, you know, Coach, you should just mention him. He's a guy that, you know, is very dynamic in the past game. You know, I think um, Brock Spalding, Jari Patterson, two other guys that are going to be very crucial to our season this year. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to get this. It wouldn't let me load it while uh, that cut was uh, playing. Uh, Shane Calhoun talking about uh, Coach Houston. I mean, I think it's just great to have a coach that's really stable. And, you know, he's a person that's very grounded as a person. So when it comes to Coach Houston, he's always a guy that's going to be super up front with you. And that allows us players to be consistent in and every day. Uh, let's see here. And there's one more from Shane Calhoun uh, where he talked about uh, – 
what he expects out of himself this year at stepping up. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to say too much right now, but I am <laughs> expecting to step up and take more of a, you know, a prominent role in this offense on this team. You know, in the past, I've been more of a lead by example guy. I feel like this is my chance to really step up and be that person going forward. All right. So there it is. Uh, that is your uh, pirate report uh, today. Again, if you missed us in our opening uh, segment, uh, East Carolina was picked sixth in the American preseason poll, according to the media, Tulane was picked first, followed by UTSA. Uh, SMU was picked third. The media picked Memphis fourth. And again, I'm not real keen on Memphis. Florida Atlantic was picked fifth. Uh, East Carolina sixth. North Texas seventh. UAB eighth, followed by Navy, Temple, Tulsa. And then the bottom three, Rice, South Florida, and Charlotte. And Biff uh, Pogge was no, none too pleased about uh, a lack of questions coming uh, his way. He was a little grumpy. He was a little grumpy. So we're going to hear from him. We're going to hear from him. Uh, we got some Trent Dilfer audio, and then we've got some Mike Oresco audio. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, also, the ACC media days are going on in Charlotte. They've made it like a four-day event out there. Talked to some people today who were headed out uh, to that. And uh, they're talking about uh, a lot of different uh, things. Uh, out in Charlotte, including their commissioner speaking about their current deal with ESPN. It's been the uh, source of a lot of hand-wringing. All right, uh, Pirate Report coming up and a uh, sports update. We're headed to break and uh, right on the other side of this uh, music bed, we're going to hear from Dom Kosolke. He'll have a sports update for you, and then we'll have uh, comments uh, from Mike Oresco coming up here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. All right, uh, welcome back. 5.35 now. Let's uh, pick up some comments from the commissioner of the American, Mike Oresco. He kind of led everything off today. Uh, at AAC Media Days in uh, Dallas. And uh, the commission talking about the uh, interesting kind of started with the schools that were departing and made a uh, reference to them. Of course, that's Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. All right, that'll be cut 11, Clark, when you are... uh when you got it there. So Mike Oresco, uh, cut 11. We're thrilled to welcome our six new member schools, but I also want to recognize our departing schools, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, who did so much to help build our brand and who were committed to this conference and what this conference was trying to achieve. Realignment is definitely the elephant in the room. It has been for decades, actually. It's been going on for a long time. It's a tough and unforgiving business. It can be managed, though, in a civil and respectful way. The de- schools leave as friends, and we will root for their success in their new conference, except, of course, when we compete against them, which I'm sure we will. All right. Uh, now, the commissioner, again, was at a podium. Everybody was today. It's actually a really nice uh, setting they had there, and it was better than when the commissioner was reading from his handheld script, I think, last year at a desk. Uh, but he was reading from, uh, from you know, pre-prepared marks, obviously. Uh, and really, these first three cuts from the commissioner are kind of in that ballpark, in that realm. Uh, we mentioned the schools that left. Then, of course, he uh, warmly and quickly wel- welcomed the six new members uh, who have been members now for a little more than three weeks. 
Today represents a new beginning for our distinguished conference as we welcome six outstanding new schools to our football media day and to our conference. UAB, the University of North Carolina Charlotte, Florida Atlantic University, University of North Texas, Rice University, and UTSA. These schools bring energy and excitement to the conference, and together with our eight outstanding incumbent schools, they'll form a formidable 14-team conference. This is the first time we've been this big. They bring excellent football programs, they bring accomplished student athletes and coaches, and they bring talented administrators and staff. All right, that is uh, the mention of the uh, new members, Texas San Antonio, North Texas, UAB, Rice, Charlotte, and Florida Atlantic. Uh, more from Commissioner Oresco here, as uh, this is a fairly lengthy cut. He discusses the AAC's best moments. It's sometimes hard to understand how some in the media have continued to call us non-power, and some have even called us a mid-major. Nothing could be further from the truth. Has anyone forgotten the big New Year's Day wins over, again, top five and top ten teams? Over Baylor in 2013, UCF defeating them. UCF defeating uh, uh, Auburn in 2017, one of the great upsets. Houston over Florida State in 2015. And uh, Tom Herman is in the room, and he orchestrated that tremendous win. We had close calls. Tulane, of course, over USC in 2022, one of our great moments. We had that close call against Georgia in 2020, and against Penn State in 2019, and against LSU in 2018. We have always played competitively with the best of the best. Uh, more from the commissioner here as he gets into the uh, topic of NIL. As for NIL itself, the larger issue is maintaining the NCAA's ability to set guidelines around it. NIL is often disguised now as pay to play, pay to recruit, pay to retain. The joke now is that the acronym stands for now it's legal. But unfortunately, this is no joke. It was entirely predictable. The collectives that have sprung up are sometimes a clever way to facilitate paying for players. And uh, the topic of sports gambling was uh, brought up. Of course, there was the issue with the Cincinnati, uh, I think, being involved with the Alabama baseball coach. There was that issue. There was, it's been, we've seen the issue at Iowa. So we've seen a lot of uh, this has reared its head to a degree in college baseball, of all things. So uh, Commissioner Oresco was asked about uh, if gambling could cause a problem. Gambling is something now that, that has the ability to really cause us, us problems, no question about it. You know, it's legalized in most places, as you know. Um, a couple of these I would have liked to have heard him elaborate a little more. Maybe we could get to some of that. He also uh, acknowledged today uh, Jeff Charles uh, in his uh, comments. So that was a uh, really nice, uh, classy uh, gesture by uh, Mike Oresco today uh, to do that. And I uh, thought that was uh, really, really uh, well done and uh, well stated by uh, the commissioner um, with uh, his annual uh, remarks. Um, a lot of good points today. We uh, just got to a smattering of them. We'll get into some more of that with Steve and I go uh, tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, you know, the thing is this, a lot of other media members that could have uh, stood to have heard that and people who are uh, the stakeholders 
uh, and uh, all of that. Because I mean, it was a 30-minute address. We just gave you a smattering of what it was there. But it was 30 minutes, and he made a lot of great points. Um, you know, a lot of other media are at the ACC or, or are going to be at other media days uh, around the uh, the country. So a lot of people who probably could have benefited and been educated, quite frankly, hearing some of the things the commissioner said, uh, were, were not in the room, uh, unfortunately. A good, better media contingent than I frankly thought there would be, uh, to be honest. And uh, there were some positives with that, and they, uh, they obviously had the Q&A session. Uh, let's hear from some of the other coaches. We have time. Uh, let's go to Trent Dilfer first. This would be 9 and 10, Clark. Uh, and uh, Trent Dilfer, of course, uh, NFL career, kind of a game manager quarterback, worked at ESPN for a, a while, and done a fine job as kind of an NFL uh, studio analyst. I think he'd maybe done some games as well. He was coaching high school ball, yeah, I believe, in the Birmingham area and, and wound up getting the uh, the head job at UAB. That was a little bit of a shocker uh, to uh, to that. Bill Clark had done a really nice job resurrecting that program. Uh, Trent Dilfer uh, named the new coach. And uh, in cut nine here, he says he doesn't care what people think. I don't care what you think. What he thinks, what Tom Herman thinks, what Nick Saban thinks, I don't care. I care what Jacob Zito thinks, what Jackson Bratton thinks. I go to bed every night thinking about what they think about. I care about what my coaches think. I care about what my AD thinks, our marketing director, Joe Maloof at Full Moon Barbecue, our sponsors. Like, I care deeply about what our tribe thinks about me and how I'm, how I'm serving them. But I honestly do not care at all what is written about me, what's said about me, what people in the hallway, whether they look at me, whether they like me, what they talk about their wives about me. I just don't care. Uh, Trent Dilfer uh, then went on to talk about his issues with the transfer portal. Hit it. Now, if one of my players, say Jacob, after this year, All-American, says, Coach, I got to go explore what I can get in free agency. Great, Jacob. Go enter the portal. He enters the portal. Fair game. Like, yeah, recruit him. Pay him. Do whatever you can. But don't come in. Don't have a scouting department in your building that's doing cut-ups of my players and then going and coercing them to enter the portal when they had no idea they didn't want to enter the portal. That's the problem I'm addressing. And I'm not going to stop. Uh, that is um, Trent Dilfer. You know, it will be interesting to go back to and listen to some of these other coaches' thoughts on things like the portal, thoughts on things like the NIL. The thing that's interesting about what Trent Dilfer had to say there was, you know, Mike Houston, uh, Friday, I think it was the first time it had been really reported publicly, talked about turning a team in uh, because some people with the football program were uh, essentially recruiting, getting guys to get in the portal before they had entered the portal and uh, had turned them in uh, once they gave this institution the heads up, the Iggy of what was going on. Uh, they came back and, uh, and kept pursuing that it, that had nothing to do with nil it had more to do with the program itself but you know this was uh, 
This was a program that uh, pretty well respected program and has had some tremendous success uh, historically. Uh, Biff Pogi, uh, I think this guy is fascinating. <laughs> Pogi at, at Charlotte. He's very out of the box hire. You could also argue Dilfer was an out of the box hire at UAB. And uh, this is uh, Coach Biff of the Charlotte 49ers. Uh, we'll do five through eight here as he talks about moving to the AAC. There's a lot of depth in the league, there's a lot of teams that are really good. We're excited to have the opportunity to move to a bigger stage, and uh, we're really looking forward to uh, to participating. Uh, more from Biff Pogi on being a, a whole new team. They have over 50 new players on the roster. We're a different team. We're not some Conference USA team coming into this league. We're a totally different team. We brought in 52 players. Uh, after spring practice, we kept 52 that we really liked off our team, but we think we're um, we, we think we're prepared for this conference. We're gonna let our play speak for ourselves. They also were picked last uh, in the uh, preseason poll today by the uh, media. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Coach on his uh, thoughts on the NIL. By the way, Charlotte has from from. What I've been told by multiple people, a an emerging and sh- fairly strong NIL. Uh, there's a belief that it will only get stronger because of where they are as far as you know major uh, financial institutions in the South being headquartered there, other major businesses being headquartered there. The idea seems to be that with football, Charlotte can really get maybe some people to contribute to the NIL and get on board with that in the, the, the metro that they're in. So this is Biff Pogge talking about the, uh, the NIL and giving his thoughts on it. Cut seven. Television networks are making and have been making a lot of money off of these kids for years. I think it's the right thing to do is to have them to be able to earn off the sweat of their brows and the work of their back. And uh, we have established a collective. Charlotte is a very wealthy town. Um, 13th largest town in the in the country, uh, banking capital of the world. Tons of businesses moving into Charlotte because you go where the financing is. Um, so we're 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 in that game and we want to be in it. And the other thing is, uh, Biff Pogi was not happy about being uh, asked uh, only uh, a few, uh, only three questions. There were various questions being asked at this point, and this man was not happy about only being asked three of them. That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that, that, we get that message. Thank you. Cue, cue, that, up. cue that up again, Clark, and play that again. That was so good. He, he... That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that that we get that message. Thank you. That's that is uh, that's a hoot. That is uh, that is great. That is great. And I'm sure he'll try to use that as some kind of, of motivation. Obviously, you're going to if you're picked last. Now, ECU women's basketball picked last. They won the uh, championship. Went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't think that these 
standings, I really think from four on down, it's going to look a little lot different. I, I, I tend to agree with the Tulane, Texas, San Antonio, and SMU as maybe being the top three teams. But I, again, I'm not terribly sold on Memphis. I, I think there's some, there's some questions there, maybe defensively. Uh, Florida Atlantic got Tom Herman. Now he's really high on the talent he's brought in. Of course, you got East Carolina. There are some questions offensively, but de- defensively, ECU is as good as anybody in the league for sure. Uh, North Texas has got a, uh, a, a brand new coach, I believe. UAB's got the new coach. Navy's the new coach. Temple's got a um, early stages of a coaching change there. You got Tulsa. I mean, you know, I, I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if Florida did, or, or excuse me, uh, Charlotte did finish last ahead of South Florida or behind South Florida, but I wouldn't be shocked if they finished ahead of South Florida. I mean, I think Charlotte might have the ability if they can get everybody on the same roster and everything's cohesive to, to maybe not finish dead last, but I, I, I think there it's not, I don't think you're going to see a surprise and see them finish in the upper third of the league or uh, see them finish in, in an upper half of the league situation, but I think they will be higher than 14th. That's just kind of my feeling. Uh, and I don't think it has anything to do with only being asked three questions. All right. A uh, timeout. That's it. And, uh, that's it. That's it, Biff. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll be right back with more of the Patrick Johnson show after this. And now the stunning conclusion of the show. <laughs> It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right. uh, The ACC Media Day going on in Charlotte. Commissioner Jim Phillips, who, of course, has come under fire, been named, uh, I believe, uh, in the lawsuit. Uh, His name is is there uh, with what's going on in Northwestern because he was the AD during uh, some of that hazing uh, stuff. So not sure he was if he was asked that today. I was really concentrating on the American uh, stuff, but I did catch this article where uh, Phillips says that the a- he's never felt better about the ACC's relationship with ESPN. Well, they're they're married until thirty six at least, and that money's going to stay the same till thirty six at least. I, I would I would guess. Uh, he said, "Good isn't the goal. Revenue generation continues to be a priority. Uh, the league is third right now in revenue, and as we go forward into whatever the next TV deals are for conferences, we've looked at uh, at it." We've had multiple TV consultants. Third is certainly a good position, but we want to gain and gain traction financially in order to close the gap with the SEC and Big Ten. So he's at least, you know, going on the offensive as far as that goes. Uh, We'll catch up more on that. We may talk to some folks out there. I don't know. We'll see as the week uh, wears on here. But tomorrow, Stephen Igo will be with us from Hoist the Colors and the Stephen Igo Show. So looking forward to having Stephen. Uh, that is tomorrow. Big thanks to Clark Willis producing, also to uh, Dom Kosolke. And we will uh, see you in the morning on Talk of the Town and also catch you right here, 5 o'clock tomorrow with Stephen Igo on the Patrick Johnson Show.